Good evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, your one-stop shop for everything K-League in English. Uh, my name is Mark and I'm, as always, joined by Paul, although we will be joined by a third person later on when we meet the young, bold Jamie McCourt. Okay. Today is the 68th edition of our podcast. It is indeed, and I can only imagine what next week's hilarity will be about, but anyway. Jamaica. <laughs> I try to. <laughs> yeah, tonight we'll try, and keep, we'll try and keep it clean. But we made the fatal mistake of a timing meeting up completely wrongly, so we've had two cans of what what is the equivalent of tenants extra strength? Ten super, I believe it's called, right? Yeah. So like back home it's called ten super, and Korea is called is called eight point six percent. If anyone is looking at a four a four for ten, a four for man one beer, do not go for the eight point six percent. It makes you unpodcastable. But anyway. And mum, you should switch off now. Yeah. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> Which means there's no listeners for the rest of the podcast. Poor Jamie. Anyway, I guess there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have, obviously we have the intro music there, which was, which was Lenny Kravitz. Uh, it ain't over till it's over. Uh, Why was that, Paul? Because you chose it, obviously, again, as always. I think there's been a, a rash of last-minute goals recently. 90, 96, 98, 92. So, got to keep playing those the full 90-odd minutes until the ref's yeah. whistle blows. Yeah, there's been a lot of, I mean, especially the, uh, the chicken wings, Sue and Blue Wings, seem to have been involved in more last-minute drama than any other team I've ever known in my life, Yep. Uh, to be honest. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll do a review of the Classic. Um, two rounds of Classics to review. Two rounds. We had the midweek one and also a bit with last weekend's. Yep. Uh, then we'll do a review of the Challenge. Uh, I guess we'll discuss the hot issue, the big issue, the biggest issue, I guess, in, in the challenge anyway, which is in, involving Seoul Elan's now-departed manager, Martin Rennie. Uh, we'll get Jamie on board to give his viewpoint and his opinion on whether or not it was justifiable or whether or not he should have been given more time to turn things around. And whether or not he had a hand in it, since Martin looked quite secure until he came out to Korea. Yep, well, I'm sure he had a hand in many things involving Martin, but... Um, I'm not quite sure it was his firing. Um, oh, sorry, it, it, it was the fact they, they mutually parted company. Um, we'll also do reviews, I guess, for the next round of games. Uh, previews. It's been previews. a while since you made that mistake. It's been a, it's been a while since I talked. <laughs> um, we'll do previews for the next round of games. Uh, personally, after we do the reviews, you'll understand why I don't give a shit anymore but anyway uh, and then there's just enough time to squeeze in a rant from me uh, unless Paul has to run away and watch England lose 1-0 to a Gareth Bale 45 yard screamer which effectively ends their Euro 2016 campaign except it doesn't because they never except it doesn't because you have to have minds come up with this idea of having like well even if you're third we'll let you through I hate Platini I really do Warm balls, cold balls, and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I guess enough talking about European football. Are your balls warm or cold? Uh, it depends on whether or not I've been standing next to you, Paul. Depends which of the four <laughs> seasons in career it is. <laughs> it does. Uh, if you'd asked me at one a.m. 
when I was coming back from Poai, I'd have said incredibly cold. Uh, if you ask me right now, I would say incredibly warm. Okay, there you go. So they fluctuate much, much like uh, Wang Yijo's performances. Scored last night, I heard. He did score last night, indeed. Uh, unfortunately, he, he scored in the wrong end, which also might explain why Jamie was in Japan for three days and not one. But anyway. Okay, should we, uh, where, where, should, where, where, that one. where should we start? I see we start at the beginning with the classic. Okay. Let's do a review of the last two rounds. Did you take any games, Paul? Were you, obviously, SC Soap with a couple of games? Yeah, uh, I, I was at both. Did we discuss, well, well, well done. Uh, that's quite easy for you, they were pretty close to you. Uh, we discussed whether or not I could make it from Songnam to Suwon. Uh, the answer was no. I guess. Did, did, you, did you even try? I didn't even try. I just I walked out of Yatta. I walked to Yatta station, got on a train, and just went back to home. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt attempt it." Um, a couple of huge games, I guess. Like if you look at last weekend, yeah, uh, it was pretty big. We had um, you know a couple of big results. We had Osan against uh, Sangju, uh, which was the first one up on the Saturday. It was the other kickoff on Saturday. That was one 0 Osan. Uh, ha Sung Min scoring. Um, I think a little bit of disappointment on behalf of Sangju there, right? They've I think we predict. I mean, I've. I've kind of discussed this. Like, I've been really impressed by Sangju this season. Uh, we'll discuss again when we get to the review of of, of the second game. When they were, repre- were where they were impressive. Yeah, I, I've really been impressed by them, and I think I was disappointed that they they were so poor against Ulsan. Yeah. Although Ulsan have been playing well and when we get to the review of the second round that all goes to shit but um, Olsen have been playing well but I was a little bit disappointed that, that Sanju put in such a, a poor performance yeah. so that was 1-0 Olsen uh, the big Gyeong, Gyeonggi-do derby I think it is although quite why Suwon is in Gyeonggi-do and so is Incheon I'm not quite sure geographically but anyway apparently it's a Gyeonggi-do derby um, so Suwon against Incheon that one finished two each. Uh, one of the first uh, eight over till it's over goals was when Santos scored in the 90th minute. Uh, interesting news was that Yi Yun Pyo has taken over um, the role of who will the intern play against a red card today. The, the Kim Namel role. Yep, and he got, he, he got sent off. Uh, intern were leading. No, they weren't. It was one each, but he was sent off. Intern scored a goal in the 90th minute. Uh, Song Siwoo, who has actually only scored goals in the 90th minute this season. Okay, that's interesting. He hasn't scored any other time apart from the 90th minute or onwards. Uh, but then Santos ran up the pitch and equalised. So it was one each with almost the final whistle and a finished two each. But did you watch highlights of this game? Uh, I don't watch highlights of any Blue Wings game that they don't lose. Okay, so they actually played about eight or nine minutes of extra time. Obviously, with two goals, apparently, yeah. Yeah, but the interesting thing is that Santos actually hit the bar after he scored the equaliser. So it could have been 3 2? It could have been 3. It was like literally two centimetres away from being 3 2 to, to Sue 1. Oh, wow. Uh, thank God it wasn't. Yeah. I guess I can see. Um, Jeju, next up, we had uh, Jeju against Guangzhou. Jeju continued their fantastic run of form <coughs> until midweek. How many times will I say until midweek? But anyway. Uh, when they beat uh, Guangzhou 3-2 they were 2-0 up went to 2 each uh, the Patriots scoring a goal in the 60th minute 
second top scorer in the league after yes, a certain a certain fantastic Brazilian who doesn't play in red and black thank god um, at least not this season <laughs> he moves to so, to so I'll kill him Yo, he actually listens to the podcast he's a very he's a big fan of the podcast Tiago uh, shout out to Tiago did we press record by the way shout out to, to uh, Tiago for being top goal scorer in the league yeah okay for the moment um, anyway uh, so Jeju 1-3-2 they scored a goal five minutes left uh, Kwon Sung Hyun um, should be noted that Marcelo scored an hard goal as well was the thing makes him like third or fourth top goal scorer he's and, there or thereabouts yeah and more proof that Jeju can actually really unearth these fantastic not fantastic but it's a bit much but these really good Brazilian players uh, they've had quite a few over the years and they seem to find an hard one in, in Marcelo yeah but their, their strike rate's roughly one in three right because they normally have three Brazilians on their team one of which works out and two of which yeah. gets sent back after a month but that's still pretty high compared to some of the other teams then in the game they could have like a strike rate of zero out of like 15 oh man <laughs> Thiago Peter well he's Argentinian and let's not forget Fat Carlos <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Fat Loss well I said well I wasn't Fat Loss because he didn't lose any fat the whole time he was here what was, what was it like uh, good friend of the podcast Career Racing used to call him the fat Brazilian hobbit which I thought was like the best ever line anyway maybe it was something else anyway uh, move on to the two games that we, that we were at uh, Paul you were at Suwon Seoul yep the kind of poor man's super match yep was it a super matchy um, the crowd was very sparse I heard that, yeah. I believe I sent you a photo showing how many people were there. And, uh, yeah. That photograph was pretty early, though. So was that how it finished? Or was that... more people turn up? Uh, a few more people turned up in the east stand, I guess. But I don't know what the official attendance was, but it can't have been very high. So compared to other games, like against um, Sonam, Suwon... Like it's been pretty low, yeah. Like under five thousand. If if you made me guess, I'd say three, maybe four thousand. Okay. How about if I show you Soccerway's website and it shows you four thousand four hundred forty-six? I say that includes fifty stewards and etc. etc. <laughs> that includes all the Arsenal fans following Kelly about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kelly wasn't there. She overslept after watching the European games the night before. You can oversleep for a seven pm kickoff. Apparently. <laughs> oh, she's so Chinese. It, it, it's a Diablo specialty because Clark's <laughs> done that several times. Who's Clark? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so, I mean, that game finished 3 0. Uh, I noticed that one team, Anno, scored the first goal. Uh, obviously, Adriano. Why do Korean, why do FCSO, Korean FCSO fans call them Dead Riano? Should it be Deadly Anno? Because Deadly Anno sounds like they're both dead. It's like, a, it's like an episode from The Walking Dead. Uh, it should be Deadly, right? With L-Y. Not Deadly. Is that just... That's but crazy. it's the Dead from Dayan and the Driano from Adriano. Well, I understand where it comes from, but it's stupid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they, they're not familiar enough with English to, to make that connection. Okay. 
Uh, anyway, Adrian Hanlon scored. Uh, Takahage made it 2-0. And everyone's favourite, um, Neelian Christian, now that Martin Rennie has left the country. <laughs> Park Chu Young, you know you cut that. I'm not going to cut that. You should. There'll be, there will be no cuts made to this podcast tonight because it's not going to get uploaded tonight. So I'm going to do it tomorrow night or Saturday okay. morning. We're still talking randomly. Yeah. Okay, anyway, with five minutes left, Park Chu Young made the 3-0, right? Tapping on the line. What was the goal like? Tapping on the line. Oh, okay, sorry, I thought you were talking about something else. Okay. Um, the other game on Sunday was uh, John and Dragons rocking up an amazing nothing each draw with Pohang Steelers, who then went on to score three goals each. Shower of shits. Anyway. Which leaves one goal from the weekend, what, one game from the weekend which we haven't covered yet. Doesn't it? That would be Songnam against league leaders Chumbuk. It was indeed, it was, yes. Uh, and you confidently stated in Kakao Talk that you were going to beat that shower of shite. Uh, I did confidently say beat that mob, I believe. Uh, I, I think you said mob, I think it's a shower. Shower, beat that shower. Uh, we did beat that shower in a, for, game for that was minutes. in a game that was involving a penalty that wasn't just. Yes, okay, we're going to talk about the dodgy handball. Yes, so basically uh, it was a poor first half. It was a poor first half, it was a good first half. Uh, I disagree with Miroslav that Sonam were under the cosh, I don't believe they were. Um, but anyway, I believe so. Sonam held, held their own in the first half. Like, um, John Book had the better chances, but John Book will have the better chances, the, the, the better team. Uh, second half, Thiago opened the scoring in 75 minutes with what can only be described as the best free kick I've ever watched. And I was at Celtic Park when Nakamura scored a winning goal against Man United and Thiago's free kick was better. Stop yawning, Paul. And Thiago's free kick was better. It was an amazing free kick. I deserved a free kick. It was, a, it was brilliant, actually, to be honest. That's all I can say. Then Leonardo uh, doubled. He, he got two goals. Um, second goal... I was really poor defending by Songnam, who'd been really tight up until then. And then we kind of left, I guess, one of the key league's den- most dangerous strikers, like, free. Um, and he scored. Uh, then, on the 90th minute, John Book were awarded the dodgiest penalty the world's ever seen, uh, which Leonardo scored, and we got 2-1. You're not going to explain how the, the dodgy penalty was awarded? So, I'll be honest, I can't remember his name. But I think it's Kim Taeyeon, I think, is the number four uh, for Songnam. And what happened was, the John Book player was on was on the left-hand side of the box and he was running. And number four of Songnam, man, it's Kim Taeyeon. Like, he, he thought the John Book player had run the ball out. This might have been Kim Bo Kyung. Anyway, he thought he'd run the ball out. Right, so he put his hand up to claim... The ball's gone out. The ball's gone out. Cross, it's a by kick, right? Line. Yeah, at which point, the John Book player crosses the ball in. Yeah. It may or may not have crossed the line. I don't really know, right? It was but hard to tell from the replay. It's hard to tell from the replay, right? And the ball hits Kim's hand. And the referee gives uh, a penalty. Now, yes, there was a John Book player right dead centre, six yards out with a free header, had the ball in by his hand. But still, it's ball to hand. It's not hand to ball. His hand is up before the John Book player puts the cross in. His hand is up claiming it's, it's a bye kick. I do not believe 
as a penalty in any shape or form. I'm going to disagree with you there. Okay, that's not surprising. Because... Imagine it was a sole player, and then disagree with me then. Yeah, I'm still going to disagree with you. Because he's claiming it was a goal kick, right? Yes. But the the linesman's decided for whatever reason that it's not a goal kick. Yeah. Therefore, it's a handball. Should he pull his hand down in that in that one and a half seconds? He has to pull it down. The fact is, the ball has his hand. He, sh- he should play hand. the whistle. He should have. Yeah. Okay. So you can say he was penalised for protesting or for claiming something or for doing the assistant referee's job. Fine. That I understand. He shouldn't have done it, and he's probably learned a lesson. No, he hasn't. He'll do it again. But. The chances of the ball hitting his hand are really, are really low, right? But I think you do have to analyse it and be it was he he didn't stop he didn't try and stop a goal scoring opportunity he accidentally stopped a cross coming in. Um, I think it's really unfair to have awarded that as a penalty, to be honest. Um, look, and that's look, not just because it was my team. Although possibly not the most unfair handball awarded over the weekend. Probably not, no. Uh, should also be noted that Sonam got a penalty uh, when it was nothing each. When Wangy Joe fell to the ground, a little bit like a, like a, I don't know, like a kind of summer on dancing on ice. <laughs> the proverbial bag of. Yeah, it was never a penalty. Uh, I demonstrated it to the Sonam ultras by falling over. I was clasping a beer. I don't think they appreciated my my demonstration. I'd be given a two-game ban. So at this point, Leonardo steps up, strokes the penalty in the net. Yep, unlike Wangy Joe, who had a shocking penalty miss. Uh, so this point is over. It's like two-one John Book. John Book fans are celebrating. Leonardo, by the way, escaped a booking for jumping the hoarding for the second time, which means he escaped a red card. That should be noted. Because um, he jumped the hoarding at the first goal, and he jumped the the advertising board at the second goal. He, so he twice jumped it to the fans. Anyway, he escaped both bookings, but then again, those big brown envelopes seem to work well from John Book. Has, it, has anyone ever been booked for jumping the hoardings at some of them? I think it's a standard thing to do because it's so far away from the uh, stand. Yeah, probably. probably. Uh, so it was all over that point before Thiago, the genius, decided it wasn't over. Uh, he shot from about 20 yards, meh, that's a lie, about 16 yards out. Uh, the keeper made a save, Quan Sante. Yeah. Pretty poor save, to be honest. Like The ball spilled, and Thiago, Wangy Joe, and the John Book defender, I can't remember, uh, all, all went for it, and Thiago poked, po- poked it over the, the keeper's hands and, and the back of the net. The keeper looked like he was trying to claim that he'd been fouled. He was not Yeah, he was. Felt, if he was fouled, he was fouled by his own man. Yeah, it was a yeah, pretty poor. It was a it was a poor. It was like he should have held it. The shot was not quite rasping, let's say, and he, and he should have held it. And was the run mazy or marauding or? Uh, I said mazy, to be perfectly honest. And the celebrations were quite romantic. As we all hugged each other and uh, someone ran from about 10 rows over to high-five me, go, 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 go. I'm not quite sure what he meant to go, but anyway. Uh, and that was it. So, so finished two each. So you uh, wanted to complain about the the penalty given for the the, the, the alleged handball by the Sunset yeah. player. And I, I, I clearly mentioned that that's not the most egregious handball of the weekend. 
Paul, most of our listeners are, are English teachers. Could you explain egregious? So the most, let's say, disgraceful. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> disgraceful. Takahagi got a yellow card for handball. Mm, he did indeed, yes. Did you, did you see the replay of that? No, of course not. I don't watch all games. So he was, <laughs> he was on the attack at some point, and he... He turned around. Well, he didn't turn around. He, he, he was he was running with the ball, dribbling it by himself, and he suddenly stopped and picked up the ball, and the referee gave him a yellow card. Why did he pick up the ball? Because it had a puncture. It had gone flat. So he was dribbling it, and it had gone flat. It, it, the ball wasn't going anymore. So he said, <laughs> "That is technically a handball." It is technically a handball, but surely the ref's got to use some discretion and say, "It's the K League." The ball was flat. It was like. It was ridiculous. First of all, they, they call it discretion, now. and secondly, they have, no, they, have, they have no discretion in this K League. So, secondly, the K League have made an announcement about it's the booking. That in the future, if such a circumstance happens, it won't be a yellow card, but they won't cancel. They won't rescind it. Yeah, they won't rescind it. Rescind? What, what does that mean? Uh, take away. So they won't cancel. What about like your hairline? <laughs> so that's rescind. Sorry. They won't cancel. They won't rescind Takagi's yellow card, but it won't happen in the future. Bada bing. Uh, bada boom. Hey, well, I guess okay. That's quite interesting. Um, will we quickly review the games for b- before we go and meet the Bo Jamie? Yep. Which was okay. So the next round, of, uh, the classic games were shy. Let's uh, move on. Uh, Kelly challenge next. Okay. So basically. Amazingly, somehow from nowhere, Sangju rocked up a 4 0 victory over Jeju. That's an amazing result. Which was good for Songnam and Seoul. Yeah, more so for Seoul. Um, what, what time was Song, Songnam kick was 7.30, was it? Yeah. So, and the Sangju kick was 7 o'clock, so. What's your thir- point, Colin? Thir- I mean, my point is. 30 minutes in when your game kicked off mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sangju were already 2-0 ahead mm-hmm, and looking mm-hmm, good for the win so mm-hmm. you must have been oh, Sangju doing us a favour by beating Cheju uh-huh, uh-huh, we're going to uh-huh. we're going to leapfrog Cheju into third place uh-huh. have you always had two black eyes? <laughs> and what happened? Uh, so basically what happened was like Pohang who couldn't basically score or buy a win if they tried rocked up 3-1 winners over Songnam after I spent five hours travelling there on the bus, five hours travelling back, 25 beers, four bottles of soju, six packs of chicken, uh, and two pairs of socks later, and we lo- it was pissing the rain, <laughs> and we lost uh, 3-1. First goal was Wangy Joe, fantastic man, sweet as hell, brilliant header, I don't know what he was doing to be honest, he actually looked like, no, I can't say that word, I'll get taken off the air. But he actually looked like, uh, when the ball came in, he was like, he looked like someone who'd never seen a football before. He didn't know whether to kick it or head it, and he decided to head it in his own net. It probably was his first chance of the night, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He, he never takes the first one of the night, he usually takes it the sixth. Uh, that was 1-0 after 12 minutes. Yang Dong Hyun uh, scored a cracking goal just after half-time. Uh, 60 minutes in, put the ball, picked the ball up in the edge of the box, cut inside, curled the ball at the top corner. Uh, Joe J. Chow, the Pohang killer, came on and within a minute, uh, 
pulled one back. It looked really offside, but having watched replays, it was just brilliant position. Uh, and then before, then the ball came. Ah, like Peter, I think it was, crossed the ball over. Wangy Joe looks up in the air. The ball's coming down. He looks in the air. He looks exactly right at the goals, and he hits what can only be described as the most amazing turning shot ever. Yep. It was like Zinedine Zidane at his best, and he clipped it up the bar. But it was men. You watched the replays, and he looked. He saw where the goal was. You knew what he was doing, and that's what Wangy Joe does. That's when he does his best. He's usually crap, but that's when he's best. And and unfortunately, Pohan ran up the pitch. And uh, Shim Dong-yoon, uh, the guy who scored about four goals against Hanoi Telephone Company, um, like, knocked a third winner, or a third goal, and ultimately the, the winner, when it finished uh, 3-1 Pohang. And uh, then I spent five hours travelling back, annoying Jamie. OK, and there were a couple of other early kickoffs last night as well. Chonnam Dragons against Ulsan. 3-1 Ulsan, obviously. Did you see the Kim Young-day own goal? I didn't, but I wish I had. I think it's one of those where it hit the crossbar, bounced down, hit the keeper and went into the net. Okay. It finished 3-1 Chonnam, right? Yeah, first home win of the season. Huge result, huge result. First home win of the season for Chonnam. And it's really destroyed Ulsan. I mean, like, Ulsan, like, that was it. I mean, they would, had they won that game, which they should have done, they would have been in, like, um, what, they'd have been in third, fourth? Yep. Massive. Um, yeah, finished 3 1. Orshik's also big podcast favourite scored. Uh, we'll talk about, I guess, Inchon Suwon next. Uh, Inchon got their second win in the season. Yep. Beating Suwon. Actually, what a fall from grace Suwon have had. They're now bottom of the table. Yep. After having four defeats in five and now looking like the cannon fodder everyone predicted them to be even though I think they're one of the better teams in the league one of the better teams in, in, sorry, in the bottom six and their basic problem is they just can't score goals yeah. they've scored three less goals than Injon who are the next lowest scorers yep. um, 10 goals in 14 games not, not going to get anywhere with that kind of scoring no. ratio so. uh, John Book ran out 2-1 winners over um, Suwon Bloomings one of the greatest goals you'll ever see from uh, Lee Jong-ho in the 97th, 96th minute. Last, well, not the last, penultimate kick of the game, right? Because yeah. they do actually kick off again, but yeah. as soon as they kicked off, he blew the whistle. So. Ball came over, swung in from the right-hand side. Lee Jong-ho, kind of like, turning scissor kick uh, from about 12 yards out uh, in the top corner, brilliant goal. Did you see the own goal for the, for the for John Book's open? I didn't know, I didn't see um, yeah, it was kind of like Osmar's goal against Chonnam the uh, against Chonnam the other week. Okay. Uh, actually, the interesting thing for me was that uh, Suwon actually played a back three, throw three three centre backs against this against Chonbuk, presumably in preparation for the super match. They also switched their goalie out, so they've been playing what, Mr. No, right? Yeah, no damn good. Yeah. He's made a couple of clangers in the last couple of weeks. He was dropped. They played a, d- a different guy this week. And he's obviously been honking. Yeah. No, he, he did actually make two really good saves. Okay. Uh, I watched the highlights on YouTube. He made two or three really good saves. Not really much he could have done about the own goal because the, uh, the Suwon defender, um, Min Sangi, completely wrong-footed him okay. for that. Um, 
and then uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, again, I mean, uh, they oh, do. oh, good friend of the podcast, Igor came on in the second half. So I heard, yes. And he he actually almost scored, almost, but he didn't. So, yeah. so we almost had something to talk about there, right? Uh, and I guess the final game, uh, Seoul versus Guangzhou, yeah, whatever. Uh, Seoul were their usual profligate selves. Yeah, so I heard. They podcasting. dominated the dominated the match and only won three two. Yeah, ex uh, Seoul favourite. Actually, it was never a favourite of yours, but anyway, ex Seoul player. Favourite uh, of Korea Racing, who was giving a blowjob from the stands, basically. That's why that. That's why he scored. He actually saw career racing in the stand and was like, God, man, I want to scalp that boy's ball patch. Man. Anyway, um, yeah, Joe Jung-Guk, nope, Jung Do-Guk, even the Patriot, uh, pulled it back to two each. So it was Dehan score before half time, but there was an own goal second half, make it 2 0, it was yep. all over. Guangzhou came back into it, made it two each. Everyone was celebrating in every other stadium in Korea other than uh, Seoul. And then Dehan again popped up, 20 minutes left. Uh, and still time for Sol to miss a penalty. So Adriano, yeah. Adriano finally got caught out with his dodgy penalty style. Got his, got his comeuppance. Yep. Okay, so I guess that's... So looking at the classic poll, can you give us a rundown of the league positions then? So if the... If the match, if the Chumba match last night had been one minute shorter, so I would have been top of the league, but it wasn't. So, Chumbuk. Well, Paul, you're always hearing things that about if it was just shorter, aren't you? Really? Chumbuk still top of the league with 30 points. Seoul in second with 29, and then there's a six point gap to Cheju in third yeah. with 23. Songnam 22, Ulsan 21. And Pohang in the, in the top six for the first time this year. Yep. On 18. So it's looking like there's a clear two horse race, Chumbuk and Seoul. Uh, and a clear. My money's on Chumbuk. My money's on Chumbuk, yeah. Because they just—they've got that. They've got one gear above everyone else, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they can. They can step up a gear. Everyone else plays at their own level. Chumbuk can step up a gear. No one else can do it. Plus, they can bring on players. Whether the rookie scores, he creates havoc in the box. Whether Bo Kyung scores, he creates havoc. Do you know what I mean? It's like they can bring on players who can turn a game. Plus, let's be honest. They'll buy someone in, in, the, in the summer transfer window that will win in the league anyway. Maybe he'll come back or they'll just pull in another Korean from somewhere. So you, you've got to imagine Jumbuk will win it. I think Seoul will get my run right at the end, but I think Jumbuk will win it. Yeah, I think they will too. Okay. okay so I guess we'll move on to the challenge. Uh, we'll bring on podcast guest host for the night, Jamie. And he can take us through his opinion of the, of, of the challenge games that he's watched. And I guess we'll look through the big news of the week. Yep. Okay. There might be a difference in audio quality because we're going to have to go off-site. Because uh, unfortunately Jamie is actually banned from coming to my centre. Okay, so after a brief interlude, well, me and Paul went and stocked up on some necessary supplies. We're now joined by uh, the one and only Jamie. So Jamie, I guess we'll, we'll start up with first thing. Like, uh, obviously, why are you here? To watch football. Uh, who are you here to watch? Seoul Eland FC. So that brings us on to the main talking point of the night, I guess, which is the fact that Martin Rennie, only the second Scotsman to ever manage in Korea, I believe. 
uh, after Ian Porterfield of Poussin has been mutually agreed to terminate his contract. Is that what happened? Was he mutually consented? I don't think you put Martin and consent in the same sentence, but anyway. Um, but he's been, it's been mutually agreed that he will be terminated. His contract will be terminated. No, actually, him. Sorry. Sorry, Martin. Oh, you can put <laughs> like, shovel down there, Martin. That came out the wrong way. But it's been mutually agreed that he will move on. Okay. It's been noted that he was fairly safe in his job until you came out here two weeks ago. Mm. And within two weeks, you've got him summarily mutually terminated. Hi, well. Not really much to add to that. Is there are there any rumours that he saw the the uh, salt tire hanging over the stands of Ansan, got homesick and then left? No, no, absolutely not. So obviously, like, Martin is uh, is kind of going to be leaving in the next couple of days. Mm. His position at uh, Eland is, is is obviously over. Uh, what's your opinion on that, Paul? Uh, Paul. Start with Paul first. Um, I think it was a bold experiment which kind of worked last year. Um, this year it's not been so successful, but you've got to say that the manager's not changed his tactics, right? The, okay. the players have let him down, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, Jamie, that you've come over, you've, you, as far as I know, you've watched three or four Elan games. Yeah. Uh, do you think, do you agree with Paul, do you think his tactics have been the same as last season, but the players have let him down. Do you think his tactics have let him down? Do you notice a difference in the two teams? I think I would say it's about 70-30, uh, maybe the, the players that, that have let him down. Um, you're right, it's been quite a bold experiment, um, both on the part of Eland, but also it's been quite a big risk for him himself to come over here and take on a big challenge. You know, That was, the sort of, that was my, my first thought last uh, last year when, when I was kind of first thinking about coming over to see some games. The first thing I thought was what a Taking on a, a football club that is, you know, 20 months ago there was not a player signed for that club. 15 mm. months ago they'd never played a game. Just over a year ago they won the first game, you know. And this is in a country where he's maybe likely never travelled, you know, he, he doesn't speak the language, you know. What a challenge to take on in the first place. So, you know, I'm kind of sad to see him to see him go. I, I mean, I certainly understand the reasons why. I know Stevie, uh, you know, blog legend Stevie. Uh, posted yesterday saying that he, uh, you know, he, he understood it was sort of inevitable and in some respects this season that it would happen. But I would agree it's, it's been an ambitious, uh, sort of, you know, it's been an ambitious endeavour for for Eland and also for, for Martin himself. He's, he's gave it a good go, but ultimately I think you know as a, a combination of the players themselves letting them down uh, and also his tactics. Okay. Like, so you mentioned the players themselves mm. or the players themselves let, uh, let, letting them down. This year he signed like what? Third top goal scorer last year, yep. Jonathan Belisso, yep. uh, who's been literally crap. You would say? I don't know if I would say. He's I mean, they, they, uh, I know he scored the winning goal in your first game over here, right? I went to. I've been so far. I've been to Gyeongnam, Chongju, and Ansan to see right. to see Eland. And Belisso scored the, first, the, the winning goal against Gyeongnam, right? And that was the night of the unlimited beer uh, at, at Jamso. Also, so, uh, he may not have scored the goal there. It was a special, special <laughs> night for me. A last-minute winner. Uh, we unlimited beef fouls pitch side the Jamso. That was that was a, that was a, that was a great night, and that's something I'll take away for this holiday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you look at that signing in particular, um, don't worry, Belisso scored four goals so far this season. Two of them, you know, against Busan, uh, you know, were doing the good work at Taraba, you know, who, who himself has done nothing but produce for, for the manager um, for the 15, 16 months that he's played for Eland. Um, but I think if you want to 
you know, obviously the, the departure of Cho Won Hee last year was a was a big big loss for them. You know, he he would, you know, he wasn't he, he never played to I don't think ever to his full potential, but at, you know, the challenge level, I think he he could stroll games. You know, he could put his foot in the ball, uh, and he could you know he could control games for for that sort of almost quarterback position. You know, just taking us ten yards back for, for where most of the play is happening, put his foot in the ball and pick a pass, right. and I think okay. that helped. Um, but when you look at you know guys like Jumin Q, for example, I mean Jumin Q last year scored twenty three goals. Revelation last year He's been decidedly average this So year, he scored He scored 23 goals last year This year he, he weighs 23 stone <laughs> Well I mean that's, that's a bit of a strange one isn't it It does look as if he maybe Has come back a wee bit hairy ass As we'd say back home You know <laughs> Very um, But if you look at it He's you know Last year he's 15 goals He scored uh, within a, a Sort of 8 to 10 week period last year And that was that Spell between May and, and Sort of You know Early July last year When Elan were just Sweeping everybody aside You know um, He was Fantastic that you know for that spell, but you know before that and after that, you know he's not really put it as ass since it. To be fair, to him. No. You know, he's not really done too much. And I think when you look at players like that, you know who, who obviously have got the ability, who just only producing, and you can ask why, and that's not Martin Rennie's fault. You know, yeah. I, mean, I guess you could argue that tactically maybe he's not putting these guys in the best position or, or putting them in the best uh, situation. But you know, I guess you know somebody with, with such a drastic change in form like that, you can't really blame the manager for that one. You know, but. I mean, like, on the other hand, you can blame manager because it's his job to g up the players and make 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 them perform. So um, I don't know. I think for me, the biggest difference I think we've talked about this like on our kind of times that we've met over this this vacation you've been here. That I think uh, the biggest thing for me is that they no longer play with that swagger and that confidence. You know, like the, I'm going to score from forty yards. I'm, I'm going to shoot here. I'm going to. There was a phase last year where he imbued in them a confidence that they could just do what, shoot from wherever. And remember, Paul was teasers imbued. <laughs> He'd given them confidence that they could shoot from wherever, and there would be no consequence if they miss. He was happy for them to shoot from forty yards. Yeah. And then you look at this season. They've other than as uh, Goyang at the bottom of the of the challenge. I think uh, they've scored the least number of goals, the second least number of goals this season in the, in the challenge. Something that, that was interesting that was actually an observation by career racing was that Martin in the close season came out and said that he felt their biggest problem last year was conceding too many simple goals and that this season he was going to make sure that they didn't lose as many goals which career racing took as being I'm going to play more defensive I took as being I'm going to kind of try and play more of an equal balance but it looks as if it's been that way like he's kind of maybe looked more at showing up the back and less about being creative and free-flowing and at the end of the day that's what's probably got him I mean you can't argue with them being sixth you can't argue with that no, if you're that fits, that fits how things have I mean if you're sitting sixth in the challenge and it's like you're a company like Eland who has invested money a lot of money who's got their name now recognised or associated with a football team that's sitting sixth in the in the, in the, in the lower league uh, but You're going to fire the manager. It's like that's going to happen. To be fair to Eland, like off the field, when you go to Jamsa, and you've not done it yourself, maybe you did it last season, but you know, I guess you've been, you know, last season as well a couple of times. Uh, to be fair, once this season, right? Been twice a season. Twice a season. I've been once. Off the field, you know, the way that they're operating as a football club, the social media, you know, the the way that the, you know, the temporary stand, the match, the experience at Jamsa, the investment in, you know, sort of local businesses to come in and provide food and, and alcohol, that sort of stuff at these games. You know, we've been to a few games this, you know, this time. We've been to Ansam, we've been to, you know, uh, uh, 
Anyang as well, I think we went to Anyang. as well, and that was, was you know, I'm trying to, the worst game I'm trying to remember that, it was the football equivalent of being waterboarded, but that was, um, you know, that was a t you know, terrible, you turn up this one sort of overweight guy in another size t-shirt standing there taking your ticket, and then you go up this, you know, staircase into a dusty stadium, and you, you know, so, you know, the match day experience that Elander provided is, is absolutely second to none, and they have to be commended for that, you know, they've, no, definitely, they've yeah. taken that chance by hiring a foreign coach, you know, they've, they've got, you know, former national team players who perhaps shouldn't be playing at that level, you know, um, okay. anymore, you know, goalkeeper and that sort of stuff, uh, centre-half, Big Dion's a good player, you know, Tara by themselves, they've gone out and sort of, in some respects, put their money where their mouth is, um, it's just not really worked out for them, you know, it's, it's been a bit, been a bit, it's a bit um, I think, uh, obviously, I mean, Ireland is maybe not the reason why you're here, uh, I think it's that, that little girl that was walking in the subway station when we met you, but anyway, and um, Obviously, Elan uh, is one of the reasons why you're here, uh, but I do know that you lived in Ch Japan for a while. That you obviously gave you a fantastic insight into where Japanese teams would be, how they would finish mm -hmm. uh, in ACL. Uh, you got that about as right as uh, me and Paul, but anyway, um, I think you tipped Gamba Saka to win it. Obviously, that's not worked. Um, but other than your ridiculously incorrect uh, elevated predictions of Gamba Saka, which may or may not have been a brown envelope from J Soccer Magazine that made you, made you say that. Like, how do you feel your predictions have kind of weighed out? Do you think they've weighed out the way you, do you agree with what you said then? Do you, is there anything that you think, other than Gamba, which we don't need to talk about because they've been completely underwhelming, but other than Gamba, do you think the other teams performed as you thought they would do? Uh, to an extent, I mean, you know, obviously mention Gamba too much but I think that is a total curveball. You know, Gamba been up there with me this season in ACL the way that you know Guangzhou Evergrande have been in the sense that nobody really saw that coming. Nah. You know, that was a sort of team there who went out and invested and thought maybe they could make a go at the ACL this season and then like kinda like Guangzhou they've just sort of shit the bed a wee bit, you know they've, how are they doing the J League this year? Uh, at the minute yeah. they're sixth. So they so they're they're, they're underperforming across the season, right? I, I would I would say so. Right. So I think uh, the other team that we talked about, I mean obviously there was like Hiroshima and it was Tokyo, but I think the other team that I was particularly interested in your opinion of, having watched them play at Suwon and obviously with their history and their baggies and so on, was your, your Rabba Reds. I think you did say that you felt they, they had underperformed last last time, mm -hmm. that they were better than they were. Uh, obviously they got the group stage this time, yep. they, they lost ridiculously, shockingly, uh, undeservedly, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You know, the just stood up. Stood up right now. Right, you, you stand up and say that to my face. <laughs> I'm going to stand up, guys. This podcast may involve some scuffles in a minute. Oh, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they obviously beat so uh, beat so on goals, but lost stupidly on some daft ACL rule. Well, they clearly didn't beat Seoul in goals. <laughs> I'm joking, Chief. Uh, but you said that they, I think you said, if I remember right, uh, it was a long time ago, but you had said that you thought that they had underperformed the previous year. Yeah. They were actually a decent team. Yeah. Uh, there's some decent players. Uh, you mentioned Zlatan as one of the players that was pretty good. Uh, and I think, would you say that you were right in your in your assessment of them? To an extent, but I don't think they would have expected to meet a... I hate to cover your ears for this one, Mark, but I don't think they would have expected to meet a team the quality of Seoul in the last 32. That they no, they did. were probably thinking they were going to play Kwanja, right? Yeah, someone you know, someone good. I thought they were I thought they were thinking they were going to play somebody maybe that they would be able to sort of, you know, progress past in the, in, okay. the, in, the, in around the 32. Uh, I, I'm sort of, there's rumours in, uh, in, in 
Tokyo at the moment that, that uh, Petrovic, the Urawa manager, actually might be kept on next season on the back of what they thought was was quite a, a you know an okay ACL campaign. You know, qualifying from what was a difficult group. Um, you know, because obviously Guangzhou were in there as well, and nobody could have predicted the form of, of Adriano and Seoul in the first few games. You know, they were they were, they were frightening. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I, I guess for for our fans, maybe you know the disappointment of losing to a Korean team. You know, especially playing the second leg away in Korea. You know, and the, I've seen the highlights of the you know, and obviously of the, running the second leg and losing on a ridiculous <laughs> only away goes only. Only uh, matter when you're not beating FC Seoul, yeah. Okay, so I think how, the, how are Rawa doing J League this year? I, I think they're the third, the third, the third eye. But it's interesting in the game. Top them. But I was going to say, um, I was at the game last weekend. The uh, Yokohama F Marinos played against Kawasaki Frontale. Uh, Kawasaki Frontale are my team F Marinos' big rivals, and there was a crowd, I believe, about fifty to fifty-five thousand at that game. We're going to bring on. A, so we'll talk about that in just two seconds. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to no, stop no, you no, talking, no, but. But we'll talk about that in just a couple of seconds. Like, uh, just to quickly, briefly go over Hiroshima and Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were obviously, I think you had said, uh, Hiroshima and Tokyo, you thought were, we would, would do reasonably well. Hiroshima, I think everyone was like, really surprised by Seoul's group. Yeah. I don't think anyone really saw the way SC Seoul's group was going to run out. No. Obviously, Seoul. No, nobody saw Buram being that poor. Being, no. being that poor. Hiroshima finishing third. Uh, obviously, underachievement. I think you'd. I think, no one was really sure about, this, about the Chinese teams, but still, Hiroshima being third was a bit of an, an underachievement. FC Tokyo disappointed by the performance against the, in, in the group stages. Yes, I know because they I sort of predicted they finished third, um, but they, they obviously sneaked through, you know, uh, in second place. Um, you know, it was a bit up in the air away with Tokyo more so than many other teams, and, and uh, maybe other than Hiroshima because they're the new coach, you know, a few new players, that sort of stuff. But I think I think Tokyo made a decent account of themselves this year. Funnily enough, they're sitting twelfth in the league at the moment, Tokyo, and that's pretty disappointing for them. You know, they're not doing too well. Uh, and I, as I say, I, I expected a lot more from them this season. But maybe this is a season of rebuilding under a new coach, somebody who'll be in for a few years. You know, so I'd expect maybe better things from them next year. But by looking at it, unless they make a really good move in the in the second stage, they won't be in the AC. I'd imagine. Okay. So I next year, next year's going to involve a bunch of Japanese teams we've not seen this year. Then. So I think that's a. Very good linking point there by Paul. I'm not, we didn't even we, we didn't even work this one out. We didn't practice this one, but I think that's a big thing. Like I, I was going to say there, you know, like you look at the Korean teams and say so you can predict the top four. Okay, Songnam won the FA Cup, you know, like a couple of years ago. They were unpredictably in the in the uh, ACL, but for the most part, you can predict the four Korean teams. They're going to be Something like four or five, right? Four out of five. Yeah, basically. It's going to be John Book, it's going to be so. it's going to be probably Suwon, and it's going to be one of two or three others, right? Suwon. In the last few years, I'm saying, in, 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 the, in the last few years, that you've been able to predict the teams, right? Yeah. But the Japanese league seems to be a different four teams, almost. I mean, obviously Gamba two years in a row, Urawa two years in a row, but for the most part, a different set of teams like, every year. Australian league, definitely. Like, yeah. One year you have Western City Wanderers, Melbourne next year they've, they've gone, like Melbourne, so on, right? Why do you think that is? Why do you think is the, is the Korean is the Korean league a predictable league, or is it that Japanese idea of like splitting the league, you know, like midway, playing the Emperor's Cup playoffs or whatever it's called, and then having that team? Uh, do you think that's a better system no. than the Korean system? No, it's not. This this isn't a new phenomenon. This uh, this has been in place well before the uh, the two stage uh, system was introduced. 
remember correctly saying to you in February or January, it was with the ACL previews, that um, for something like the past five years, the team that have won the league haven't been involved in the ACL at all. Um, and that's quite common in Japan, you know, you're seeing okay. Kawasaki Frontale in first just now, Kashima Antlers in second just now, neither of those are in the, uh, are in the, uh, the ACL this year. That's so, not a coincidence. That's not so, a coincidence. I mean, what, the, what I would say of that then is, right, if you are then playing, if you have a, have a strong season and you, get in the, and you get into the ACL, then you have a poor season the next year, mm-hmm. how can you then be representative of your country in, in the ACL? For example, if you look at Europe, right, I mean, it's very unusual to see Chelsea win the EPL and finish 14th. Okay, this year they've been. This year, yes, right. But that's very, that's hugely unusual, right? Of course. Okay, next year, Leicester will finish like fourth or whatever, 15, whatever. But for the most part, the top teams that are in the top continental competitions are the top teams in their league every year. So I'm just like, like. If you ignore England, look at Germany, France, Italy, it's the same country like winning three, four years in a row. Bayern, PSG, yeah. U- Juve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, it's not like, like, like we're not going to suddenly see Getafe in the like, Champions League, do you know what I mean? That's no, not going to happen. You know, you're going to see Leicester next year. Like, you know, and obviously okay, that's but, a freak. I mean, that, 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 that's but, a freak, but the thing is, like, it seems to be constantly with the Japanese league that the teams that are, that are in the ACL are not the teams that win the league. Like year on year, it seems that, apart from Gamba Osaka, take them out of the equation, because Gamba are obviously a generally good Japanese team or, or a good football team. But other than Gamba, it seems to be the, the teams that are actually in the ACL are not the teams that are doing well in the league. No. The same as in the A League as well. No. But I think, you know, this year's representatives of the Japanese league and the ACL were probably sort of hurts to say a wee bit as a Marinos fan but probably the you know the four best representatives of the uh, of the J League within the you know within, within the group stage um, okay. you know uh, when you look at you know I don't think I think it's hard in the ACL because the teams looking at it now they don't take it seriously if you look at the FC Seoul against the Rawa Reds game um, at, uh, in Saitama there was a crowd I think about 21,000 yeah. the week after that they had a crowd of 55 or 51,000 for uh, for the game against uh, Kashima Antlers, and then the following week they had one at thirty three thousand. Um, you know, so the, 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 there's a sort of attitude amongst the J League uh, clubs that they maybe on the uh, you know they maybe on the you know, taking it so so seriously that the J League is a priority. But it's strange this year because the teams that are in the ACL, uh, you know, two out of the four of them went out in the group stages. They're all out now. You know, no one's progressed past around the thirty two, and they're also kind of. Around the 16, I they're also doing pretty stinking in the league. You know, no one's competing for the for the first this, second. Place. This was the year where the, the common theme was that the Japanese teams were going to the criticism. The criticism of Japanese teams in the past when they've not taken the ACL seriously, they've just like take, treat it as like a. But this year was going to be the year they were going to take take it seriously. They were going to do well, and it's not happened, has it? No, and it's been interesting because you've got clubs like Gambo Saga who have quite obviously went out of their way to sort of try and invest in the ACL. You know, but invest in their squad with a view to making a push for the ACL. Um, it's, it's really, it's sort of, it's not happened. You know, they've, they've sort of pushed. Uh, they first two two games, I believe, they you know they got a couple of points. But after that, they finished the group stages on two points, uh, possibly eighteen, which quite frankly isn't isn't really good enough for, for a team last year that were, were likely the, the best in the country by, by quite a distance. So I think uh, the only question I, I think I have left, I mean, I'm not sure about Paul, he maybe has some questions for you, Jamie, but I think the only question I have left is that you mentioned 
better on about the uh, Yokohama, who's your team. I'm assuming because of uh, Suki Nakamura, God bless him, uh, played against Kawasaki Frontale this year, right? Or that, or that this weekend. And there was like 52,000 there. Or 50 odd, right? Now, you've been to a couple of big games. I mean, that you were at a, the holiday game. As it's called, uh, so so Jeju. You went down to Pohang yesterday. I apologise for dragging your arse down there uh, on an 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 an, an eleven-hour round trip. Uh, but anyway, thanks for the soju. Uh, I, I mean, how would you compare? Like, I mean, I think we we asked this question when we did the the whole ACL preview. We talked about the difference between the the, the K League and the J League, and I think. We've, we've asked this question several times to, to, to several people, and we always get that kind of like, well, you know, it's been a few years, or it's been a while, or it's been this, or, oh, I'm not really sure, but you, you've, you've been like, I mean, Monday, you went to a game, Saturday, you went to a game, like, so you've been to two games within a week, what is the differences, like, how, like, first of all, do you... Do you buy into the idea that the J League is so much better supported than the K League? Um, they, what, what, what are your opinions of the two different leagues? It's, it's apples and oranges. You know, for me, it's it's it's, it's different. It's um, it should be sort of asterisks that that attendance at the weekend was was uh, so big for for two main reasons. The Marinos uh, Marinos were given them. Uh, Away a free jersey with every ticket. So if you bought a ticket for the game, they were giving away a free replica jersey. You know, it's a really nice jersey. Uh, and also that game against Kawasaki, you know, they play across the Tama River, a couple of miles away. You know, in 2013, I travelled to Japan for three or four days to see the last Steph Minos game of the season um, because they were going to win the league away. You know at Kawasaki so it's like Celtic winning away Rangers in the last game of the season sort of thing. You know, um, we got beat. 1-0, um, we ended up sort of losing the league that year, and we uh, we sort of kind of, you know, ever since then I've seen an escalation in tensions between the, the two clubs, um, so it's one of those ones where there was there was a really big attendance on the back of that. That being said, uh, there is very obvious differences between the, the, the two leagues. Um, I think the K-League is the only league in the world that I've ever gone to a ground and seen someone have a barbecue um, in the back row. As a result of that, you know, I'd say that maybe the, the J League is, is slightly better placed, better organised. Um, obviously, it's an older league as well. Um, for what I can see, officially, the J League was founded, um, you know, 20 odd years ago, and obviously it had um, its predecessor as well. Uh, but, you know, I think that maybe the J League itself is a wee bit more. Um, uh, the organisation's a wee bit better, I'd imagine. It's it's better policed. Um, but for me, it's sort of apples and oranges. You know, Korea brings its own charms. It has its own hobbies. It has its own interests. Whereas the J League maybe, um, you know, brings its a, a different a different attitude to that. Okay, uh, I have one more question, I think, to ask, and then we'll probably wrap this up. But um, yesterday, you mentioned earlier on that we went, or maybe I mentioned, we went down to Pohang yesterday. Uh, you've travelled with fans now in three countries. You've travelled... Obviously, in, in your native Scotland, you've travelled with the world's greatest fans, the Celtic fans. Uh, you've travelled in Japan uh, with the uh, Yokohama fans. Um, you've now been on, on a supporters bus uh, in Korea, albeit with like 15 other Songnam fans. But anyway, they, how, how do you rate that kind of match day supporters experience? Like, do you think? There's anything that Korea, Korean fans should take from Europe 
or anything that they should give to Europe in terms of how to organise and arrange supporters' trips to away games? Uh, yesterday was fun in the sense that the bus was amazing. You know, we had uh, USB ports on the side of the, you know, on the side of the seat. We had lazy boys with uh, we, we feet, um, sort of you know, things you can hold we your feet on. Bus and we got one. Uh, when he said lazy boys, he asked the men. There was lazy boys lying in front of him. Lazy boys lying fucking next to me when you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Drunken lazy boys. Uh, yeah, they had USB sticks. There was a HD TV in the front row in which I was waiting for the Celtic Six Rangers two game for 2001 to come on for the whole trip. I was promised a return home by half past midnight to Tanchon, but I never got back until almost three in the morning. Thanks to this character, he's now known as Mark. Back at Tanchon by half twelve, Kelly. Um, I, you know, it's an interesting experience. It was good fun in the sense that it was a lovely big bus. There was no toilet, of course, which was torture. Um, but other than that, it was, it was a really good experience. But it, it doesn't compare to, to what I've done in Scotland. You know, in Scotland, you jump on the bus, uh, you're three hours up to Aberdeen. There's there's music blasting the whole way there and back. Whether or not you wanted to be on, you know, you're, you're drunk as a as a skunk the whole way there. The bus stops for the piss. Then you got a toilet on the bus. You know, all that sort of stuff. It's a it's a sort of old fashioned. You get to the stadium five minutes before kick off. You're in, and then you jump back on the bus. You're, you're back home. Uh, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that more than than I enjoyed the the, the, the song that my away game yesterday. But that being said. Again, the, the match day experience in Korea is fantastic in the sense that you know that was a free bus put on yesterday by the club. Your ticket at the game was the equivalent of nine pounds back in the UK. You could feasibly, and a lot of the people on our bus did. You could feasibly go there, take a bag of beers with you, have a day out, you know, twelve-hour day out for ten, fifteen quid, you know, and, and, and enjoy yourself, you know, see a good game of football in a good stadium, uh, make a day of it. Whereas in Scotland, you you can't really uh, you, you, you can't really get away with that. You know, you're immediately twenty-five, twenty-six quid for your ticket for the stadium, uh, your tenner for the bus, you know, that sort of stuff. But uh, uh, in Japan, it's different. You know, in Japan, there's no sort of. Well, there is an official sort of supporters bus, um, but it's it's pretty booked out uh, quickly. You need to take the sort of Shinkansen and the bullet train to most of the games. Uh, I've done it. I've done it a few times. I've done it to um, Albert X Niigata. I've took a flight down to Q, uh, Fukuoka for for away games. We've seen Saga and Tosu play F Marinos. The interesting thing about Japan, though, is that the J League have this big push just now to try and uh, regionalise the league. You know, most of the teams are based in specific regions obviously and what they're trying to do is educate away fans about what's happening in these other in these other regions so for example if you fly down to Fukuoka for an away game and go to Sagantosu who are in the in G1 the, the, the top division on a good side um, you'll get you know rice because rice is famous for that area if you go to Matsumoto they're quite famous for basashi you know raw horse meat um, if you go to Hiratsuka for uh, Shoran Bomari away it'll be a uh, who drinks the most to all the away fans in the league so they're trying to sort of educate fans as well a wee bit um, as they travel and it's an interesting experience but as I say apples and oranges it's a different different thing altogether uh, obviously that's what we do is like uh, me and Paul hate we have no interest in the challenge so usually our reviews previews are pretty pretty minimal so I guess we're going to quickly be like uh, Jamie match of the week that you've been here in my time since I've been here, yeah. uh, it's definitely no Anyang Buchon. That, as I say, was was absolutely brutal. The best match I've been to since I was here, I'm sorry to say, is the, the Jeju Seoul game um, and, and the, the classic. Um, my favourite game of the challenge has been the Gyeongnam Yilan game uh, at, at Jamso because uh, <laughs> a bit of an airborne toxic event there. Uh, it was the. Uh, was the Elan uh, Gyeongnam game in the in the challenge because of the last minute Beluso goal and the unlimited beer behind the net. And last thing, well, I guess Paul's going to add something. But last thing I would say, preview going forward, the match that you're most looking forward to missing. I wish I was going to be there at the uh, super match this weekend. <coughs> Sorry, I missed the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm flying out at half past eleven on Saturday night. Um, brought my Suwon jersey, my own cross, 
my uh, my uh, Nazi well, uniform. If, if I'm going to 11:30 Saturday night. You can still go to the super match. Anyway, I think that's everything, Paul. You, you have anything to add? Uh, Alan, like an our beer and let's go watch England get humped by Wales. I guess we're skipping the previews for the most part. Uh, previews, so when Solomon won, John Bitwell, Jesu won, Ulsan might. Yeah, the only thing I want to add in is we, we talked a little bit earlier about Martin Rennie being mutually excluded from the K League this year. Yes. I think what the, the only thing that nobody's realised is that. If Martin's excluded, that means Kevin's excluded as well. Kevin's also presumably also out of a job. But the thing is, the thing is that the thing is, I would add right right now is like, who should be fired, Martin or Kevin? Kevin. Because Martin was like, okay, guys, go to a four-three-three. Kevin's like, oh, I just imagine that, which was like actually like, keep going, guys, you're brilliant. So I think I think it's unfair to be honest to terminate Martin's con mutually terminate Martin's contract on the behest of a Korean translator who may or may not have been translating what he said. Because, like, you know what it's like? You say, you know, hi, can I have a banana? And they translate, you're really hot, girl. Good example. Mm. I, I would agree. I think... The we, we, been we, we've, got no, we've got no evidence that Kevin's been translating no. effectively all the way through. I mean, Martin's presumably saying, like, uh, it's a game of two halves, I'm sick as a parrot, and Kevin's been like, Blah 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 blah. Who knows what he's saying? Martin's been saying, throw the big man up front. Kevin's been saying he's got yellow fever. Who knows what's been? Who knows what's been happening? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so, so, so my original statement was that we need to feel sorry for Kevin, but you're saying that we don't need. We don't need to. I feel. I feel to be honest that Kevin is probably implicit in the in the mutual termination of Martin's contract. So only as a guy who possibly lost his job, he's of his character questioned as well by, by Mark Kelly of all people. <laughs> but I mean, that is like, I, I'm not questioning Martin's character. I'm, uh, what I'm saying is that Martin no, probably no, no, said... No, no, I mean We're Kevin, talking Kevin. Kevin. Oh, I'm, not, oh, I'm questioning Kevin across the board. <laughs> I, have, I have one word of advice to Dan. Sack Kevin. <laughs> um, <laughs> Until they announce Kevin as the next manager of England. Kevin Boo. And I guess on that bombshell we have some intro music, some outro music even, it's the finish. Thank you very much for having me on lads, it's been a pleasure to listen to the past years and I'd like to wish Mark all the best with his midlife crisis.